Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 16th, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 11, and we are at page 164, paragraph 3. Today's readers are Renata G., Carrie H., and Charles H. The reference number for Tuesday, September 15th, is 7999. That's 7999. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jody E. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Katie. This is Jody E. in California. Here are the 12 steps which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Jody. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OAUNV. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the, the directions for recovery described in the big, books, big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 164, paragraph 3. I will ask Renata G. to begin reading. Hi, Katie. Did you call me, Renata? Uh-huh. Read three oh, times, you. please. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G. Recovered Compulsive Read in New York. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. Um, you know, so the, the 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 line that stood out the most for me today was. You know, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Um, you know, I used to abandon myself to my own desires and wants before going through this step work. You know, I would do whatever it took to get whatever I wanted. 
And, uh, you know, on page 60, I learned that, you know, any life run on self-will can hardly be a success, including mine. You know, living self-will did not work. I'm convinced of that. That's such a gift I have today. Even when I don't really know what's my will, what's God's will, uh, or, you know, how can I abandon myself to God completely, I know that my life lived in self-will, is self-will, only, you know, brought me misery and, you know, I was self-centered to the extreme, uncomfortable in my own skin, 80 pounds overweight, having suicidal thoughts, ashamed of how I looked, how I felt, how I behaved. And, um, you know, and when I can abandon myself to God, you know, and what that means, like how, how did that start? You know, abandoning means to let go completely. You know, so to let go completely of my old ideas, of my old ways of doing things of what I think I should be doing. And, you know, for me, it started with putting the food down because I know that's not my heart power's will for me uh, to, to live a life of composable overeating and misery. And, um, you know, today when I don't know what God's will is, I, you know, the actions that I can take are to, you know, keep on praying and talking to my fellows, asking for direction. And, you know, be patient and wait until God reveals what's his plan. And, um, you know, it makes me think of the promise on on, on page 100 that talks about how whenever I put myself in my God's hands, you know, the things that come to me are much better than anything I could ever imagine. I mean, the life I have today in recovery, I could never, ever imagine before. But first, I had to let go of my own will. I had to be willing to put the food down and work the steps. And then, you know, it says, uh, you know, clear away the wreckage of your past. Sorry, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. And so, you know, to me, that means steps four through nine. And... Um, you know, later on, step 10. That's how I admit my faults and clear the wreckage and give freely of what you find and join us. I mean, what did I find, you know, by going through the steps? I found recovery, you know. I found um, a solution for my compulsive overeating, a solution for living. That's what I try to pass on today, you know, be a guide for someone else to achieve their own a spiritual experience, their own path to recovery, their own experience with a higher power. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Renata. So who would like to share on these first three sentences of this almost last paragraph? Chrissy M. Okay. The first two people, could you say your names again? Paula D. Nessa R. Larry. Okay. Okay, I thought I heard you, Sarah. Okay, so um, I have Paula D., Sarah W., Nessa R., um, Nessa R., Larry K., and Chrissy M. So, Paula D., you can go first. And thank you. 
And thank you for your service today. And this would be Paula D. from Londonderry, New Hampshire. I am a compulsive overeater, and I am recovered today by the grace of God. We come to that first line. I think I can just sit there, abandon yourself to God. How do you know? How do you know when you've abandoned yourself completely to God? That's the awakening. That's when you see things differently. When you finally come to the place where you know you're with God. It goes here, and I love this part. And, you know, I used to do this part way. Oh, I was great at part way with anything. And we all know about that. It says very clearly in the book, in the book halfway, does it, it, it comes to nothing. How did I know that? Because of every morning that I woke up and I knew there was nothing. This part, and I want to go on, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. And here, even here, I had to learn, admit your faults to him. Paula, you don't have to shower your friends with all your faults. What a blessing it was to them. Oh, thank goodness. Yes, I would when it was appropriate. Clear away the record of your past. I don't live there anymore. If it's cleared away, why am I always going back there? I don't anymore. So that's when I can be fully here today with my fellow travelers. And I want to say I thank you. I thank you all who have traveled this path along with me. Oh, perhaps we've come in at different places. That's okay. That's okay, different times. I'm okay with that too. But today we are here together. Yes. And may I put this last line in the last thought. As you understand God, I don't know how you understand God. I'm not to know. My way is not the only way. Isn't it wonderful? God made provisions for all. That's our God. Thank you. And again, with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula T. I'm sorry, Paula D. And Sarah W., you're next. Thank you, Katie, for your service this morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, I, I also wanted to focus on the word abandon. Um, in, the, in my big book dictionary, abandon says surrender, to give up, leave, cease, and withdraw from. And being an adopted child, my whole life was really spent sitting there in the idea that I was abandoned. And what I realized today is I abandoned myself. Um, and I'm grateful, you know, I'm grateful today. Um, getting a little choked up about the whole thing, but I guess the whole thing is, um, you know, what what would God want from me? You know, I always thought I was unworthy undeserving of good. And I've been talking to a lot of people lately that are really struggling. And I want to encourage those people to to take that little inkling of desire for 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 help and to realize that with the surrender really can come freedom. And um and that there's no shame in, in the disease. The disease is a disease. And that we're here with you and for you and most importantly, your higher power is. And I know for myself, I have a pretty dark past. I haven't killed anybody, but I've done a lot of physical, emotional, and spiritual damage to people and to myself. 
and really I have been freed. You know, I, I am no longer a prisoner of my own body and my own mind. And, um, you know, as, as was stated so beautifully before me, you know, it is the God as we understand God. Uh, some of us have the DD word. I have divine healer. Uh, because I'm a wounded person, I, I see myself as being a very broken person. And really, today I see myself as being um, a person that is really has a purpose and feels I really have a lot of confidence in myself. And I had a therapist, I'll end with this, that told me that um, we come in as orphans and we leave as orphans in a sense. And really, I am, I am God's uh, most precious child perfectly imperfect, but so grateful to be here today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Nessa R., your turn, and then Larry Kay. Nessa, press star one to unmute, please. Oh, hi. Good morning. I thought I was unmuted before. Uh, this is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Uh, my children start school later on today, so um, I'm able to be live, and it's such a treat. It's so hard to go back to the recordings after being live at the meeting um, during the summer, and I'm so glad that I get to catch um, the last uh, few lines of these uh, packed 164 pages. And you know, even even these last few lines are packed with instructions um, for recovery. It's not uh, platitudes or some, you know, emotional farewell or anything fluffy like that. It's just packed full of instructions. You know, it says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Work step in three. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Work steps four through 11 and give freely of what you find and join us. Um, work step 12. Um, so uh, this kind of brings me full circle to that fateful meeting between Abby and Bill um, and one of the paragraphs that I love the most in the, in the big book. Um, I probably, like most people on the line, have the, the big book underlined, highlighted, different colors, circled, you know, asterisk, uh, you name it. But I only have three paragraphs that I put the word key next to them. And uh, uh, one of them, or the first one of them all, is in page, at the bottom of page 13, that says, my friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. These things are obviously the steps of recovery, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. And it, it concludes... Uh, by saying, uh, belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. So the new order of things is the spiritual awakening, the, the psychic change, the personality change that results in recovery. So what does it mean to establish and maintain? To establish means to work steps one through nine, just like you know, these closing lines in page 164 say. And to maintain means to work steps 10, 11, and 12 um, so we can keep the recovery that we got. Um, and it's just, a, it's just a, such a beautiful way to tie it all um, 
into a neat little package to be to be delivered uh, to anyone who cares to have it. You know, work the steps, and you'll be recovered. This is what it says here as we trudge the road to ha- the road to happy destiny. Um, and with that, I pass. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Nessa. Larry Kay, you're up. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsible Reader. Um, so, you know, here it's giving us some instructions. And, uh, you know, why, why, why should we admit our faults? You know, if, you know so for me, if, if I don't have the mechanism by which I, I can maintain my humility each day, it's going to be really hard to serve my higher power and others, which is, you know, which is the goal of this program. It wasn't to put just put the food down. That's what I thought. Um, although, although that is that is one of the outcomes. Certainly for me, I'm able to do that. You know, false pride is presenting myself to the world as something I am not. You know, like a man without flaws. Oh no, I I, I have flaws. And you know, or perhaps trying to appear humble to gain the attention of others. You know, um, remember, you know, there is a solution. You know, the, the, the early the early pioneers of AA knew thousands of men and women who were just once just as hopeless as Bill and nearly all have recovered. <laughs> They've solved the drink problem. And if I accept the premise, you know, that that I can't be, you, you know, recovered as long as I'm, you know, as long as I'm um, dominated by self, by ego, and I do accept that premise. I can't be dominated by self anymore. So this daily reprieve comes as the result of submerging my ego, enabling God to, to rid me of false pride. And so I follow these instructions, and I, and I try to do this each day by admitting my faults to God. And, um, you know, so each day I need to admit my faults. And, you know, after all, I'll, I will always have faults. And, and this isn't to suggest that I, that I haven't done good today, let's say. But my reward for those good deeds is already received. I get to stay on this pathway. And, and I don't need, like, extra credit for, for doing, you know, what God created me to do. It's not important that I walk around with a, kind of like a, like a trumpet wherever I go, you know, blowing my trumpet to announce to all the world, here I come to do my good deed, you know, look at how extraordinary, look at me, look at me. That's not what it is. What it is is I, my, my reward is received. This program has enabled me to have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I could be of, you know, of maximum service to God and to others. That's that's all that I really want to be. I no longer want to be, you know, perched up high throughout the sea. I, I just want to be one among many. And I could do, I'm very happy just being one among many today. And uh, thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Chrissy M. Linda. Linda R. Hey, Chrissy, I'm and then Linda R. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm Chrissy M. I'm a recovered compulsive reader and anorexic from New Jersey. And I um, abandon, abandon myself to God. To me, today means to trust. I have to just 
fall backwards without looking and knowing that there's a safety net there. Um, yeah, because life is a full contact sport. I like that idea. And, you know, I used to put on all of this equipment to kind of, you know, because I didn't trust God. So I figured, you know, I needed I needed all of this protection. Um, the food, you know, sure myself up with the food, sure myself up with dependent relationships. And I had lots of tricks before I learned to trust God and abandon myself. And I have to say that it's it's not that after after having a spiritual awakening it's it's easy necessarily to abandon myself to God. But I know the reality. I know that God exists. I know that even though I don't understand where I'm going, where where my higher power is leading me all the time, I have proof. I have what they what they call in another program sober references. I can look back and see that when I abandoned myself to God, that it was for the best, that everything worked out, and and it's it's really really funny because it's like. I act as if I have a choice. Life happens. God's will is done. And I could either hold on and get dragged or I could let go and trust and have peace. And, you know, it's a process to get there on any given day because there are surprises. It's like I can abandon myself, but, oh, but this? Oh, no. Don't let my daughter get get hurt you know, that this can't be right, you know, and so many miracles have come out of this experience. I wouldn't change it for the world. My daughter is doing well. Thank you to all of those who sent prayers. She's recovering. Her burns don't need a skin graft, and she will be home this weekend, thank God. So with that, I will pass, and thank you so much for the meeting. Rach, after the young lady. Okay, the next person is, is Linda R., and then, I'm sorry, who was that? Charles, Charles H. H. Okay. Kim Z. Sharon H. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Kim G. Linda R. <laughs> yeah, just one moment, Linda. Just okay. one second. These people, they're just jumping in here. Okay, Linda, <laughs> and then um, Charles H., Kim G., and Sharon H., and then we will move on with um, Terry H. in the last part of this um Thing. Okay, thank you. Good morning. Linda R. recovered in North Carolina and very grateful to the fellowship. And thank you so much for your service today. Um, as I'm listening, you know, abandon myself to God, admit my faults. You know, for me, again, this is a very, very slow process, taking a lifetime to get to where I am today. Thank you, dear God. And what's coming up for me is the fact that. When I first came into the program and started working the steps, I really, instead of plummeting into the fourth dimension, I constantly plummeted into my past. I would constantly go back and feel the feelings, refeel the feelings, no matter how many times I did my fourth and which I was working the steps, I didn't have this awareness of my higher power and my 
solid relationship with God today. So I didn't really have that reliance. I believed in God, but I didn't trust God because there were some attributes that were missing till I cultivated and enlarged my spiritual relationship with him today. So what happened for me is like the, in the turnarounds is that I am now today, thank you, dear God, you know, when they say we're plummeted into the fourth dimension, for me, the fourth dimension is my awareness and my PMA, I call it, my present moment awareness in the day. So if I do have something that triggers me back into my past, 10, 11, and 12 gets me right in the now, and God and me are able to really just like become aware that I'm there, and then I'm able to use the steps to get out of it. So it's just a new awareness, living in the now, and just really loving my life the way it is today unconditionally, and I just wanted to share that when I abandoned myself totally, this is what happened for me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda R. and Charles H. You're up. You came here for your service. Charles H. is a recovered visionary just for today. And, um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> finding yourself to God as you understand God. I don't understand God. I stand under God. Uh, that's first of all. I want to, you know, I want to go down, I want to swoop down like an eagle um, to clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find. That sounds like the program of action, because in the tenth step it says, you know, turn, you know, continue to watch for those four character defects. We all know what they are, and then help somebody. You know, share with somebody right away. Help somebody. That's the process. Ten, eleven, and twelve. But this that line reminds me of the first paragraph on page sixty-four when it says, "Clear away the wreckage." That means there was something that was blocking this. So it says, though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. You know, the big book is, 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 is visionary, visionaryist. You know, it doesn't say, <laughs> excuse me, block us from what, but block us. It says us, yeah. You know, it blocked, it blocked the first hundred and then that's blocking millions, then guess what? If you think you're too recovered for a 10-step, uh, <laughs> you know, rest on your laws and see, right? And I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying, right, you know, if I don't continue this program of action, if you don't have any resentments going forward, you're not human. You're probably an android. But if you're somebody like me, I take my resentments, my fears, and all that stuff through the program of action, and I turn to somebody else and help them. That's clearing away the wreckage of my past. And then I can stay recovered. Because stress fell backward equal dessert. I don't care how recovered I think I am. If I'm stressed out, I'm going to pick something up that I love to pick up. I love pizza still. I'm going to keep it 100. I ain't like one of y'all. I ain't like y'all. I love pizza. I love ice cream. But if I don't love myself, I'll be picking those things up. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Charles H., Kim G., and then Sharon H. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I'm just going to zone in on two words. Join us. Join us. What are we joining in? You know, I remember, you know, coming into OA, and one of the most common sayings is, keep coming back. It works if it works it. What is it? 
It's, it's the 12 steps. Join in working the 12 steps. What I often did was I joined in the fellowship, which is powerful and sustained me for quite a few years, I have to say. But what we're joining here is the 12-step program. I'm using an analogy. You know, if, if let's say you're invited to an all-you-can-eat buffet, and you were sitting there, and you're like, you know what? I don't need to eat. I can just watch these people eat my favorite foods. I have no reason to partake in it because watching other people eat is enough for me. I've never had that experience. When I go to that feast, I want the experience myself of those foods. I, want, I don't want to watch other people eat my favorite foods. I want to eat them myself. So that's, I think, that we have to realize. Join us means, you know, listening to Vision for You every day is a wonderful thing. We average 300 people live. We have over 1,500 people on our, our um, contact list, thousands of hits every day. Does that mean everybody's recovered? No. Why is that? Because people need to join us by taking action. Join us by, by putting down the food 100% without exception and working these 12 steps so you can experience the miracle that you do here on this line. When we hear don't leave till the miracle happens, it sounds wonderful, but I have to tell you, you can sit on the line of vision for you for years, and if you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. You can be in OA for decades, and if you just go to meetings and don't work the steps, nothing is going to happen. And I'm just going to end with this. I heard this beautiful thing at an OA meeting, I mean, an AA meeting, which hit me. It says, reading the big book will give you knowledge, but living the big book will give you freedom. So join us today. And ask, answer this question, how free do you want to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Sharon H., your turn. Oh, thank you, Katie. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And um, I just love uh, the whole chapter of uh, a vision for you um, because that's what happened to me as a result of listening to this program starting in July of 2012. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. And abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Uh, I was at a 12-step meeting yesterday. Uh, it was a big book study and we were in the... Um, Stories in the back of the book, and on page 229, um, it defined how this came about, God as we understand God. Uh, around this time, our big AA book was being written, and it all became much simpler. We had a definite formula that some 60 of us agreed was middle course for all alcoholics who wanted sobriety, and that formula has not been changed one iota down through the years. I don't think the boys were completely convinced of my um, personality change, and uh, for they fought shy of including my story in the book. So my only contribution to their literary efforts was my firm conviction, since I was still a theological rebel, that the word God should be qualified with the phrase, as we understand him for that was the only way I could accept spirituality. And I could just identify so strongly with that because I too was a theological rebel. I had turned my back on the God of my religion and my faith that I'd grown up with. Uh, it was a very strict, disciplined religion. And 
I am so grateful that that particular <laughs> little phrase was in there because I just couldn't sort out all the distorted false beliefs I had about God when I came into this program many, many years ago. And so I am just so grateful today uh, that I saw that yesterday. You know, I probably read that story a million times, but I just never zeroed in on that particular paragraph. So I'm so grateful to be able to share that with you today and to know that by God's grace and my willingness to accept to the core of my being that I truly am um, when it comes to my food addiction, I have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And that was the beginning of my journey on this path to be set free one day at a time from the bondage of food addiction. My issue was I could get abstinent, but I certainly could not stay there. So I am just so grateful to be here today. I am so grateful that all of you are here today. And I'm so grateful that I will have the privilege to meet some of you face to face as I will be joining you two uh, in Virginia Beach the end of next month. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Sharon H. And I will now ask um, <clears throat> Terry H. to please read the rest of this um, section. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maine. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. And um, this this whole paragraph is, is such a beautiful paragraph. Um, you know, it's going to show us. It's going to show us. I always call it the road of happy destiny, the road of hope. You know, because we'll do it together, and um, you know, we'll we'll show we'll show you how to how to get there out of this pain and misery. And you know, I love the words. You know, the the words before abandoned. You know, which is steps one, two, and three. I give up. You know, the word um, uh, admit steps four, five, six, and seven. I get to clean up, clear away which is steps 8 and 9, I get to make up and give freely, which is steps 10, 11, and 12, I get to live up. And this is the summary of the steps. And this paragraph means a lot to me because once I take the steps, I have the spiritual awakening. And it takes me back to page 25 where it says, almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us to but, but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools that laid at our feet. We found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence, of which we had not even dreamed. So this is the great fact. The paragraph before us, the great fact is just this and nothing less, that we've had a deep and effective spiritual experience, which has revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for which we could not, never do by ourselves. And I'm so grateful for this program. The program works. And um, I've learned that, the, you know, that we trudge means, you know, we work hard. It is work. Um, and sometimes, you know, we trudge with, um, 
you know, we, we trudge, we march steadily, and, um, you know, I've learned that if I'm really powerless, then my life is really unmanageable, and I'm really beyond human aid. You know, what do I have to lose? You know, this this is the solution that is being offered to me and to us. You know, not it's not forced upon me, and um, I can pick up these tools and begin to use them to reconstruct my life. And what I found is a result of the steps. There was a light at the end of the tunnel, and it wasn't a train. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry. Who would like to comment on this last section of our reading? Jenny P. Leah. Reva P. Okay, I have Janice M. Um, I think it was M. Reva P. Leah, but there was someone in the in the middle there. It was Penny. Lonnie. Lon- it's Ronnie P. I'm sorry, Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah. And then Penny. Okay. Um, okay, we're going to go with Janice P. first. Janice M. Potato. Oh, and Janice M. was there too. Is no, Janice I'm... P. here? I'm here. Oh. Okay. Well, we're going to have Janice twice. We're going to have Janice P. Then Janice M. Then Ronnie. Then Reva. Then Leah. Then Penny. Let's see. Reva P. Ronnie. I don't know. Leah M. Okay. Thanks. Sounds good. Thank you. This is Janice P. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, how wonderful that we're reading this this uh, this ending to this beautiful chapter. You know, I, I love that place in the big book where it says, you know, that God wants us to have our head up in the clouds with him and are firmly on the earth. You know, because that's where my recovery happens. You know, I, I used to want to be able to have that spiritual connection, you know, and, and live in that spiritual experience. But somehow I thought... You know that to avoid working with uh, with you all was was the best thing in the world because you know the steps I was told can prevent suicide but the traditions can prevent homicide. You know when I came into the program, I remember saying to my sponsor, "Oh, don't you just love everybody in the fellowship?" And she said, "Oh, honey, you just haven't been to enough meetings yet." And we are going to trudge this road of happy destiny together, but the healing happens among us. You know, the healing happens among us humans. You know, it doesn't happen with me connected to my higher power, abstinent and recovered over here in the corner, and you all over there. You know, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the, of the spirit. And that's what I can count on, is that when I came in, there was a light on in your eyes, and you had something that I wanted. And you lived in a way that I didn't. And you told me how to get there. You know, that if I work these steps, and I followed the path that had been laid out that I would get there too. I would, I would be rocketed into that fourth dimension and I would have the ability to shift my perception. You know, with God's help, one day at a time, I would see things differently. And boy, has that been the case. Boy, has that been a case over and over and over again. When I am disturbed, when something is bothering me, you know, there's something wrong with me and I can look at my part, and then I can act accordingly. You know, I can act with kindness and tolerance and love and connection. And I've found a circle of people that I can trust with my stories, you know, of of what life is like today and what I'm challenged by, because I'm always going to be challenged. 
if you're anything like me, I'm also human, and I'm always going to be challenged. But I'm always going to have a place to come back to center. You know, if I'm bouncing off the walls, that fellowship of the Spirit and God's grace brings me back to center. And when I'm at the center, I have freedom, you know, to be who I'm meant to be. And what a blessing is this. And thank you for your service, my friend. And with that, I'll pass. Bye-bye. Thank you, Janice P. And now we'll have Janice M. Well, thank you, Kathy. I mean, Katie, I'm sorry. This is Janice M. And I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. What a short study of the 12 steps are right in this paragraph. It's, it's just amazing. You know, and I see five principles. The word it hasn't been mentioned, in, and I see it so clearly today. I didn't see it in the beginning. When it says, I'm going to just go back to, the, you know, to that very first step of this program of recovery of abandonment. Now, to me, the abandonment is admitting my powerlessness. That's the first thing. I can't go on you know, into, the, into these action steps before I really realize I am powerless. I can't, I can't do anything else, you know. And it, the purpose of, of the program was to find a power greater than myself. If I know I'm powerless, I have to find a power. And the real purpose is to get a relationship with that power. So I have to really know that I'm powerless. Otherwise, I cannot go any further. And this is what I see, the short step. To me, it is, it is the um, membership requirement. Now, I know we say, oh, no, the only thing for membership is a desire. No, that's the membership for fellowship. That's what that means. But the membership for the program of recovery to get a spiritual awakening for me is to know deep down inside that I'm powerless. That's why I came to OA, <laughs> because I was going to try to find a, a food plan, of course, you know, the food plan, how, how I can eat and still lose weight and, and still have, and you know, figure out things. No, I have to be powerless. So this is what it's telling me, powerless to somebody other than myself. And, of course, you know, um, my higher power, as I understand that higher power, so now it says, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. There's the purpose. See? Not the fe- yes, 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 I need the fellowship of, of every one of you. But that's the fellowship of support. But I need the fellowship of the Spirit, the relationship to a higher power. Because we are brothers and sisters trying to have a relationship with God, with the higher power, so that we can solve our problem. That's the whole purpose of the whole program. So I think that uh, then we can trust God, then we can clean house, then we can help others. You know, it's the fellowship of the spirit and the happy destiny is beyond any human power or control. And uh, that's what I get from this whole paragraph. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janice M. And now we'll have Ronnie, and I think it's me. Uh, right. Thank you. Thanks so much, everybody. It's uh, Ronnie P., uh, really grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, I love this line. You will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. Well, when you break down those words, trudge, 
you know, trudge, when I use the word trudge, I, it's a word I use to convey just something hard and grinding. So the verb, I have the dictionary here, um, it means, as a verb, it means to walk, especially laboriously or wearily. Uh, and as a noun, it is a laborious or tiring walk. Now, I always thought that that meant it was a bad thing. Oh, if I'm trudging, it must be bad. It shouldn't feel this way. It shouldn't be this way. Okay, so that's the first word. Happy destiny, definition of happy. Feeling or showing pleasure or contentment or fortunate and convenient. It's so interesting that they have paired these words together. Uh, trudge the road of happy destiny. There's something so mature and eyes wide open about what this process is. This isn't for lightweights. You know, this is, this is a real practical working program that helps us through life. Life is going to send lots of stuff our way, and it is going to be a trudge. Me recovering from this disease and being recovered has been a trudge. And I, and I used to think there was something wrong with that. Like, how could you be happy and have a trudge? But a trudge means that I'm working. I mean, this is a, this is a serious program. And so I've redefined what that is. I can trudge happily. I could be doing the mature, grown-up <laughs> work of these 12 steps, which give so much dignity and meaning and joy and hope and possibility to my life. That's hard. That's hard work. If it were easy, we all would have done it. It's not easy. But we have this idea that things should be easy. We should not break a bead of sweat. We shouldn't feel any discomfort. Um, you know, what's happening with me in recovery is, you know, we talk about feeling restless, irritable, and discontented. These days when I feel that way, I don't really see it as there's something wrong. I see it as this is human life. Let me not feed this with food. Let me take a look at this. Where in life do I need to do a little trudging? Where has my trudging gotten a little weak? <laughs> um, so this program has redefined how I hold and see and experience restlessness, irritability, and lack of contentment. It doesn't mean I'm a happy camper with all that stuff, but it means that I don't think there's anything wrong with it anymore. So I don't need to feed it. I don't need to act out against it. I need to use the 12 steps to work through it, and each time I do, I learn more. I get closer to God. I get closer to my better self. I am of more service to other people. And then I could actually be happy. And happy is, you know, to have a feeling of contentment. The idea that I could feel content in recovery as an addict, that things that used to cause me agita could actually still be a place of contentment for me, that is the miracle. That's the miracle of recovery. And, you know, you work the 12 steps. By the time you get to step 12, you can have a psychic shift of what you think is wrong in life and what you think is, you know, should not be. There's just so much more acceptance. And that doesn't mean that we, that we become doormats. It doesn't mean that we lose our intellect. It means that all that intellect finally gets balanced out with a, with a stronger spirit because we need both. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ronnie. Reva P., you're up. Good morning. This is Reva P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I love the imagery in the sentences. I loved it the first time I read it, and I still love it. Um, for me, it uh, reminds me about the we. 
um, that I'm not alone. I'm not doing this myself, as has been shared before. I'm not in a little bubble working the steps. It's we are with you. And how can these people who wrote the book um, many years ago be with me? They're with me because as we study this book, I am realizing more and more um, how much I am exactly, exactly the same. And this whole identification of the writers of the book and the people who share on this meeting and others uh, means it's a we um, disease, it's a we solution. Um, I don't have to be alone again. And I'm walking down this road with others. And the only way I can identify in and really feel the fellowship of the Spirit is if I work the steps and develop that relationship with a higher power. Um, and then the um, feeling with others is on a whole different plane because people become messengers of my higher power. They become little God angels. Um, and this whole idea of trudging, I always thought trudging meant resignation, like, oh, I give up or it's so hard and everything is so hard. Um, and, you know, it's not skipping down the road of happy destiny, but I like the balance of trudging, which means, you know, I'm working. It definitely takes work. And if I don't work, I don't get the results. But it's a happy destiny. Um, and it just seems so balanced. It's not like I used to be either high or very low. It's just um, right size. Um, and um, I just love the image of you know other people who came before me, who will come after me, holding my hand as I walk down this road, um, because I really felt like I was backed into a corner. I was stuck, um, and there was no way out. Um, and it gives me just such hope. Um, and surely, I will surely meet some of you um, if I do the work um, and develop that higher. Um, relationship and power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And Leah, we have time for two more mi two minutes. And then Penny C., I'm sorry, but if you could wait for the second hour. Okay, thanks. Uh, trudge the road. Um, yeah, you know, I, I always love that they chose the word trudge, you know, to march steadily, uh, usually laboriously. Um, you know, there's no graduation to this program of recovery. We continue to trudge it. Um, you know, I believe that I have a better life today than I could ever have had had I never had this illness. Why is that? Because I'm forced to live a certain way. You know, uh, I have, I'm forced to live by certain principles. I'm forced to implement steps 10, 11, and 12 in my life on a daily basis. You know, my experience is that I'm, the more I pay attention to my relationship with God through the daily inventories of step 10, through the uh, step 11 of improving that conscious contact with God and my service to others in step 12, the more my life flourishes in all areas of my life. And it is counterintuitive and it is counterinstinctual and it is countercultural. But it's true, based on my own personal experience, that the more I press into uh, these steps, 
the better life I have. You know, the, the reality is that if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. But there is a specific road, a specific path that's been laid out for me. Uh, that is the path of freedom. That is the path of service. That is the path of being useful under the, uh, you know, in humility, under the grace of God. And it is something I am well aware of. You know, when you're being chased by a gun, it's not the love of running that drives you. <laughs> it's pain. It's reality. Um, I continue to trudge because I know who and what I am. Uh, I know what the results will be if I do not continue to trudge. And I know what the results will be if I continue to trudge because my book tells me if you persist, remarkable things will happen. So I continue to persist. It also told me uh, in that third step prayer, being all powerful, he, God of my understanding, provided what I needed if I kept close to him and performed his work well. How do I keep close to him? Step 10 and 11. How do I perform his work well? Step 12. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah, and I apologize again to Penny C, but if you could stick around, you'll be up first, um, hopefully. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Charles H. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Charles H. from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of, fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.